0: Well, it's good to be here. Thanks for letting me come and appreciate Brother Ken asking me to do the uh, youth rally yesterday. That's a good time. I uh, love young people. Many times I've heard people say, well, young people are the church of the future. No, they're part of the church right now. They got a part. They got something they're supposed to be doing. And uh, I appreciate young people. They have a lot of zeal, sometimes not a lot of sense. <laughs> sometimes I wonder, I said, Man, was I, was I that dumb when I was a teenager? <laughs> my wife says, Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's good to be here. Uh, my daughter's here, Andrea, my youngest. And uh, two of my grand her, her, two, her two kids, my, two of my grandkids are somewhere around the building. One of them is probably tearing something up, but <laughs> anyway, I appreciate them. I wish my wife could be here. My wife has gone anywhere God has led us and never questioned. She's been a good wife. She was a good mother. And, uh, appreciate our wives, amen, amen. Yes, but it's a joy to be here and, uh, get to getting to know this church and we came out here, I think it was three years ago, about this same time of the year, Our whole family was out here and we rented a house over in the Black Hills and, and, uh, came here for church and just had a great time getting to meet y'all. And it's been a joy to, uh, I first got acquainted with Tiffany. <laughs> she, Ken, Ken, I don't know Ken ever did call me about camp. <laughs> Tiffany did. And she told us everything we could do and not do. Uh <laughs> No, oh, she called me a lot. You know, she was concerned about uh, her son's got those peanut allergies, and and uh, you know, I don't understand that stuff. Uh, I'm not allergic to anything. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, you seen uh, those hand towels used to be in the gas stations? Those, yeah. Well, that's why I'm immune to everything. <laughs> I washed my hands on those dirty things. <laughs> but anyway, so we, you know, we did our best to try to to accommodate and make sure we didn't have peanut butter cookies and didn't have peanut butter and stuff and and uh, had to look at uh you know, it's amazing how much stuff's got peanuts in it. My soul, it's it's uh, something else. But anyway, got to got to know uh, Tiffany and then Ken came along and Ken. Ken was born at the wrong time. <laughs> he should have been born in the late 50s, early 60s. Right? I mean, he just he just looks like one of those guys. <laughs> that's building a hot rod. With pipes coming out and smoke and rubber peeling and all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, it's good to get to, to know the young people, Psalm, and your preacher, and, and thank you, preacher, for letting me preach this morning, and uh, so take your Bibles, turn to 1 John, my soul, it's already late, hope you don't mind getting out of one today, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I only got one laugh. The Methodists and Presbyterians are going to beat you to the restaurant today, so just if you show up a little bit later, then they won't, they'll be out of the way, okay? First John chapter 1, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I don't like the word, but we're going to it, it just, there are two R's and it kind of worked. real religion now religion is usually for the most part it's not a good thing there are there I remember one time when we lived in Cincinnati years ago I got the yellow pages <laughs> some of these kids they don't know what yellow pages are <laughs> that's how you looked up phone numbers you had to dial it <laughs> we talked a little bit about that rotary phone thing yesterday. But I looked at Yellow Pages there in Cincinnati, and of course, you know, it's a big book. And I, I was looking at churches. There's about anything you can come up with was in them Yellow Pages. And, and I have discovered through my years of life that you can find something to worship, and there'll be somebody that'll come along with you and worship whatever it is. They're just, people are that way. And matter of fact, the Bible says people would rather believe a lie than the truth. And and so, anyway, um, so religion, there's lots of religion, lots of religious things. But what is real religion? What is it really about? Let's read the first four verses of chapter one here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Man, wouldn't you like to be able to say that? (laughs) For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that we also may have fellowship with, or that you, uh, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. Church doesn't matter where I go, doesn't matter what uh, uh, Baptist church I go to around this country, I always feel like I'm home. Now it's not because we all love old cars like Ken or because we love this football team or this football team. That's not what we fellowship around. John just said we fellowship. Listen, the, the Lord that we declare unto you, we declare it unto you so that you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Now, uh, John wrote the gospel to convince sinners. Let me just read a couple of verses. John 21, 25, he said, and there were There are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written therein. Amen. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of information about Jesus. And in John 20, 31, he said, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Amen. Yep. Amen. Listen, if you're here this morning and you don't know much about God and the Bible, start in the book of John. John will tell you all about the Lord. And the book of John will tell you what you need concerning the Lord. And so he wrote the gospel to convince sinners. And then he wrote Revelation to comfort sufferers. Revelation 21, 1 through 5, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Boy, won't that be a great day. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, My wife's looking forward to that. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Man, if that don't comfort you, your comforter's broken. (laughs) Amen? I mean, folks... The things that are going on in our world today. I knew they were coming. The preacher, I never thought I'd see him. That's how fast this country's going downhill. But there's a comfort. He's a coming. <laughs> He's a coming. And right now, it looks like Old slew foot's in the battle. But I read the back of the book, and we win. <laughs> Should I say, he wins. Amen. And then, uh, so John wrote the gospel to convince sinners, the re- uh, revelation to comfort sufferers, and John wrote the epistle to confirm saints. Uh A lot of people consider Jesus to be the Jesus of the past or the Jesus of the promise, but not the Jesus of the present. The problem with many people is that redemption is simply not real. A lot of people know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. (laughs) You need to know him. Philippians 3.10 says that I may, Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And John says there are four reasons that he wrote the epistle. Number one, that we might have a right attitude. Verse four, it says, and these things write we unto you that your, say it joy maybe half full <laughs> no but it might be full you know a lot of times people get the idea oh my if I become a Christian oh, I won't be able to have any fun anymore <laughs> no you're going to have some real fun fun that you can get up the next day and remember Find that you don't have to worry about what you did. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun serving the Lord. I've always had fun. I've only had one job in my life that I didn't like. I always had fun at everything I did. didn't matter how horrible the job was. I could tell you about the gut room I used to work in, but I won't. I still had fun. I enjoyed myself. I was thankful God gave me that job when I was in Bible college. Your joy might be full. Listen, when you come to the house of God and Brother Ken gets up here and whips the songbook out and you stand to sing. Sing! Don't sing just words. Think about what you're singing. You're singing unto the Lord. Oh, but Brother Carter, I can't sing. Well, God's got that covered. He said make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? And so just make a noise. Every once in a while, you might find the note. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Just make noise. we got a fellow sings in our choir in, in uh, Denver and... It can be real fun trying to find your notes when he's singing behind you. Oh, my soul. You, you'll get excited. He gets excited sometimes, and he just starts singing out really loud. And, uh, but you know what? You know what God hears? Beautiful music. Amen. Joy. And then, then he, he, uh, uh, that we might have a proper action. Uh, in chapter 2 and verse 1, my little children, these things write unto unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Listen, God, uh, uh, John wrote the epistles to try to encourage us to not sin. We don't have to sin. We sin because we choose to. Now, I think I mentioned to the young people yesterday that I wish that we had the ability to become sinless. Wouldn't that be good to live life and not sin anymore? That'd be awesome. Well, it's not going to happen, not till we get to heaven. But we can sin less. right? And then that we might have the proper authority. In in, in verse 26 of chapter 2, he said this, These things write I unto you concerning them that seduce you. Uh, Now, if you want to stay away from things that are not right, things that are false and false teaching, know the truth. Church, this is truth, okay? You don't have your truth and I have my truth. This is truth, God's word, and and this is our authority. We don't have uh, uh, some Baptist manuals and that kind of thing that we go by. We go by the word of God because it's truth. It's God's word. And then what that we might have, look over in chapter 5 and verse 13, The proper assurance. He said these things. Have I written unto you. That believe on the name of the son of God. That ye may know. That ye have eternal life. And that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. You can know. That you know. That you know. That you're a child of God. And if you don't know. You might not. Be. Be. And if you can uh, not know you have something, then you can lose it and not know you lost it. Um, How many of you are married? How do you know? (laughs) Oh, she reminds me. Now, you know you're married. When did you get married? You know the date. Now, the husband may have to search for it and think about it for a little while. But he knows. And you know because you were there. Listen, I know when I got saved. I was about 10 years old and it was right about here. Well, not in this church, but another church in Pueblo, Colorado. Where I came and knelt down and asked the Lord to come into my heart and save me. I know, cause I was there. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, John uh, uh, wrote that we'd have the right joy, the right action, the right authority, the right assurance, and that we can know that we know. And four things about Jesus Christ that makes religion real. Jesus is the always Christ. John, First John, there in verse one again, it says. That which was from the beginning. <laughs> Over in John 1.1 1, 1, it says in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus is God. He's the always Christ. He's eternal. He's always been. And He always will be. There never was a time when he was not. (laughs) Now, don't try to understand that. There's not enough Excedrin in the world to help the headache you'll get trying to figure that out. You just got to believe it. Because it's in the book. God cannot lie. He tells the truth. And so he's the always Christ. He's always been. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us the child is born, unto us the son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jeremiah 32 says, Oh Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Thou showest Loving kindness unto thousands and recompenses. The iniquity of the fathers unto the bosom of their children. After them the great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. Jesus is the always Christ. He has always been. Listen, when Adam and Eve were created and God put them on this earth. And they took the forbidden fruit. God didn't go, oh no, what am I going to do now? He already knew what he was going to do, because he's always been, and he always will be. So not is he always Christ, but he's the actual Christ. Again, in 1 John 1, 1 there, it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled for the word of life. When we talk about the always Christ, the idea of a an eternal Christ, some get the idea that Jesus was not an actual man. He was. Listen, Christ was all man and he was all God. That'll give you another headache if you try to figure that out. It's just the truth. Again, John 1:1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. During during John's time, there was a, a, a heresy called the Gnostic heresy. These were people who... They were, well, basically, they were the know-it-alls. <laughs> I do ever know anybody like that. <laughs> they just know it all. Uh, they said, we believe in Christ, but we don't believe that Jesus took an actual human body. He was a phantom and an apparition. <laughs> I think not. Yeah. Amen. And there was a lot of argument about that and stuff and so on and so forth. But listen, John said, we heard him. We touched him. We've seen him with our eyes. If John would have had an iPhone, we'd have some video of him. (laughs) That'd be a lot. Can you see them, guys? Take a selfie with me, Jesus. (laughs) They touched him. They were eyewitnesses. They were in his presence. (laughs) Oh, man. I I just want to talk to them, fellas, one of these days when I get to heaven and say, what was that like? What was going through your heads when all of this was going on? But he was a real man, and he was a real God. He's the always Christ, the actual Christ. First Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of His only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. And Galatians says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. (laughs) He's the always Christ, and he is the actual Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said, there's only one way to heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh into the Father but by me. Contrary to religion as a whole, All roads don't lead to heaven. There's only one. Jesus. And that's why he came. And he was the articulate Christ. Again, it says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Revelation 19.13 says, his name is called the Word of God. Why does John call Jesus the Word? What is Word. <laughs> it's communication. Yeah. Amen. I'm communicating to you. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to use words. So you can understand. God. Jesus. Is. His communication. To. Us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Man. Praise the Lord for that. Yes, sir. And you know the wonderful thing. Also, here, this is not in my, my lesson here message, but the wonderful thing is you personally can talk to God. Amen. You don't have to come to Brother Brooks and say, could you could you tell God something for me? You can't talk to him. You can pray. And so people say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk, don't you? <laughs> yep. that's right. that's is. Just talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. He'll listen. Yeah. He'll hear you. Say yeah. what, some of my favorite times have been walking through the woods up at camp. Yeah. Just talking out loud to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now the squirrels and stuff think I'm nuts, but yeah. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking to the Lord. Having a conversation with him. He's God's word. Jesus is God's first word. In the beginning was the word. He's God's full word. Colossians 2.9 For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. (laughs) Listen, you know Jesus? You know God. You know Jesus, you know the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is the communicator between us and God. And I'm glad. <laughs> and, I'm, oh. and I know you have had times in your life when you got on your knees to pray and you didn't know what to say. You didn't know what to pray. Holy Spirit did. And the Holy Spirit would take over and pray for you and communicate to God. And he's the final word. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. When you say Jesus, Set it on. A man in his word, they may differ. But Jesus, or but God in his word, always the same. Amen. Let's talk to a dear brother back here about Nepal. We've got a young couple over there in Nepal. They both worked for me years ago at camp. You know how those Nepali people get saved? Just like you. (laughs) They've got to accept the one true God. Now, the thing that Joel had to learn when he got there was, was a lot of discernment. Those Hindu people, they got millions of God's. And you tell them about a God that loves them, that died for them, oh, yeah, I want that God. I'll put him at the top of my list. Because all their other gods are always trying to appease them. But Joel has to explain to them, no, he's not a part of the list. He is the list. He's the only God. He's the final word. And God and His Son, Jesus, is always the same. And then last, He's the available Christ. First John 1 John 1:3, it says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen. He's more than a perspective Christ. You need to experience the personal Christ. Amen. It's personal. Yeah. You can't depend on mom and dad. That's right. That's right. I've talked to people say, "Are you a Christian?" Well, yeah, mom and dad were Christians. When did you become a Christian? Well, I've just always been one. Then you probably aren't one you got to know when. It's personal. You're not going to get into heaven on the coattails of somebody else. And the wonderful thing is the fact that it can be personal. (laughs) It's awesome to have that personal relationship with Him, knowing that no matter what you're going through, no matter what difficult situation you're in, no matter how hard it may seem to be at the time, You can personally talk to the Lord and seek help from Him, to seek comfort from Him. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I've never met anyone who said they called upon the name of the Lord And repented of their sins and asked the Lord to save them. I've never had anybody tell me, but God said no. He never says no. Whosoever, (laughs) I love that word, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 7, listen, uh, uh, verses 15 through 24, for that which I, this is Paul speaking. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the God that I would do uh, for the God that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. I don't know how he wrote all this. <laughs> now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God, for after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity. To the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Listen, God knows the problem that you're having with sin. Amen. Yeah. Amen. This is, this is I, I just think Paul is one of the greatest Christians to ever live. But Paul says, I struggle with sin because this flesh. And God knows that you struggle with sin. You struggle with the sin of this world. Ezekiel 18.4 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Church, sin has to be paid for. It's got to be paid for. Why? Because God is a righteous God. A holy God. As a matter of fact, there are those angels. That's all they do all day long is fly around his throne saying, holy, holy, holy. Because he's holy. He's holy. He can't look on sin. And therefore, sin must be paid for. I got some bad news for you. You can't pay for it. No, 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 no. The best that you can do All the good works you can come up with will not pay for your sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how good you are. Listen, (laughs) getting into heaven has nothing to do with the set of scales. I've known some really good people. Matter of fact, my cousins live next door. To some really good people. Man they were good people. They were lost. They needed Christ. John. Oh let me finish that other verse. For the wages of sin is death. (laughs) Don't you love that word? But. The gift of God. is eternal life. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, for most of you, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But it sure is good to get reminded about it once in a while. Listen, never forget, never forget the hole that the Lord dug you out of. Never forget the rock from which you were hewn never forget always remember and always give thanks to him for what he did <laughs> so that we could have a way to god john 3:17 and 18 here's the prescription for god sent not his son into well let me back up to verse 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Aren't you glad he gave? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then Romans 10, 9 through 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Who's thou? <laughs> That's anybody. That's anybody. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart. Remember we talked about the head knowledge. A lot of people know about God, but they don't know God. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. But the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. <laughs> told the young people yesterday you have no idea what a decision that you make in your life how it's going to affect your history into the future I got an aunt next month November she's going to be a hundred years old Ain't Gertie don't hear that name much anymore do you that's one of them hillbilly names. I had a grandma named Fanny. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you my middle name. And uh, anyway, Aunt Gertie's when she was a, a young girl, there was 11 in my mom's family, 11 kids. They didn't have much. They lived in this old house, had a wood... Heat stove in the living room and a wood cook stove in the kitchen and a couple of bedrooms and I remember that when we was little little fellers when we first started going to church or the school uh, vacation down there they still lived in the old house and most time we went in the summer but there's a couple of times we went in the winter time and the thing I remember about Grandma O'Brien's house is whatever position you crawled into bed that's where you slept all night long. She had about this many quilts on the bed. (laughs) You couldn't roll over. You just had to kind of slide out in the morning to get out of there. But, uh, you know, they just didn't have a lot. Used to have to hike about a half a mile to get water twice a day before they got the well dug. But my aunt was babysitting for a Baptist preacher. And they were having a family camp, and she Invited mom to go. Mom was twelve, and mom didn't want to go, but she went. Well, mama got saved at that family camp, Amen. and uh, um, Holy Spirit just kind of convicted her heart about not getting baptized. At that little country church they was going to—they it was not. She knew there was something not quite right about it, uh, and so. At about the age of, (laughs) this is another hillbilly thing, about the age of 15, she got married. She had twins. They didn't live very long. She got angry at God. Her and dad moved out to Pueblo. Her brother, my uncle, had already moved out, so they thought they'd follow him and look for some, maybe a better life. Out west than they could find in the hills of Arkansas. At 17, she gave birth to me. And she was holding me in her arms. And God reminded her of a promise that she had made. She had told God if she ever had kids, she'd raise them in church. Mom had a choice to make right then. Stay mad at God or do what she said she'd do. So she found Park Hill Baptist Church. That's where she went. That's where she got baptized. That's where she raised me. I got saved. Grew up. Married a young lady. Three years older than I am, Marcia. Marcia thought she could raise me the way she wanted me that way. (laughs) You can ask my daughter if that worked out. And and so we had two kids. They've been saved. I've got five grandkids now. All but one of them has been saved. And I pray the day will come when there'll be some great grandkids that they too will be saved. Amen. All because of that decision Mama made years ago. Listen, if you're here this morning, you're a child of God, well, you made a great decision. Don't keep it to yourself. Teach it to your kids. Teach it to your grandkids. Or maybe you're here this morning and everything I've talked about is kind of foreign to you. <laughs> you're not even sure what I'm talking about. You can come this morning. We're going to have an, what we call an invitation. Where you can come and there'll be somebody from this church that'll take the word of God And show you what God says about salvation. And you can get that taken care of this morning. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed. Our eyes closed. As we get ready for the invitation.